Thank you for your company, Michelle Sparks with you. And today I just want to talk to you about support. If you are in a journey that involves disordered eating or an eating disorder, if you think you or are suffering with an eating disorder, you need support. And you can access anything here online or on a podcast. And it's really important just to think about getting yourself some support. And it depends on where you are in your journey, what level of support and what that support may look like. I would strongly recommend, urge anyone who is struggling with an eating disorder, disordered eating behaviour, to have the support of a doctor, a medical doctor, as your very first point of call. So finding a GP, that in Australia we call them a GP, a general physician, um, that can support you. There is some very good information online to support GPs. I'm going to flash that up in this video. But it is the nedc.com.au resource for general practitioners. That's in Australia. I'm sure there is something in your area that can also be very informative for a GP. If you have a GP or a doctor who is wonderful, knows you and your family, but may feel a little out of their comfort zone where eating disorders are concerned, I don't think that's going to be the case. Basically, they're just looking at the basic um, health uh, parameters, blood pressure, electrolytes, are so things that can be affected by starving, even if that's intermittent starving, binging, purging, um, over-exercising, particularly the electrolytes, the heart activity, um, and also consequent anxiety and depression. These are things that your doctor is well, well trained to look for in you. So that would be the very first recommendation. Beyond that though, because, you, because an eating disorder is basically about dealing with stuff that can be quite difficult, as we start to get better, and even the journey into getting better, can actually expose us to a little bit more pain. We're, we're going to feel worse before we feel better. Because if you think about an eating disorder being a way to cope with internal pain and conflict, emotional pain and conflict, that the longer you're on that path and the more you buy into this as a solution for that uncomfortable discomfort that you're feeling inside, the longer you do that, the more stuck in the disordered eating behaviours and the more profound the medical, physical, psychological consequences can be. Um, so for that reason, once you start to actually come away from the eating disordered behaviours, once you start to get underneath what's going on for you, it can actually be, you can confront some of the things that are driving you. They could be fears, anxieties, uh, painful feelings about the way you feel about yourself in relationship to others, in relationship to your world, in relationship to your body. And you are going to need some support. So certainly there are a number of levels of support. The first one I mentioned was medical support, just to keep you safe and just to be monitoring you physically while you start to deal with both the outward and inward parts of the eating disordered behaviour. 
So I think you would have seen, I put it up a number of times, this is my model for an eating disorder and you can see I'm really talking about the fact that it begins with pain, discomfort in the heart and it can start quite innocently, I've said that before, um, I don't know if you've tuned in before but there's, you can uh, find a YouTube talking about the ED model to explain pain or the ED solution to the problem of pain. That's just something that I've drawn up over since, I don't know, about 1998 just to uh, illustrate pictorially what I believe is going on in an eating disorder. And I think a picture is worth a thousand words. If you are listening to this um, on a podcast, the audio only, feel free to come to my website and um, you will have an opportunity there to get some free information and you can download this model. Um, I'm happy for you to reproduce this and um, use it as a, a way of talking to others about your issue. It could be a, a carer, someone who's caring for you, as long as you don't change it and as long as you uh, keep the attribution to myself, um, you're, I'm happy for you to reproduce it as in photocopy it um, because it's there to be helpful. Okay, and you can see that I've got surface triggers, deeper self-experience. So what I'm talking about is this is usually what gets us on to trying to control our, our food, our body, ourselves. We're not feeling good inside. We're not feeling quite okay, safe, secure. So we start to try and control our environment, ourselves, our body, our food. It's the easiest thing to start to control. And we can start to feel really good there, like we're successful, like we're making some gains, like we've got more control, we may feel more acceptable with regard to the way our body is looking. But over time, as we continue on this solution, we know that it doesn't work. We know that the body and the emotions will fight back. You will lose control, and when you do, you may revert to controlling. But somewhere down the track, you'll lose more control. You may call that a binge. You may binge quite profoundly. You may get rid of those calories in various ways, whether we call that a purge. And as you stay on that treadmill and do that over a long period of time, you'll start to produce some consequences in your body, physically, physiologically, and you'll put a strain on all your body organs, all your body systems. You can put some really significant strain on the heart and all your body systems. But particularly the heart is one that um, doctors and anyone who's working in this area will be very mindful of, electrolyte balance. Um, psychologically, you're going to actually feel worse. Your thinking is going to become more black and white, irrational, rigid. Your feelings are going to become heightened in terms of your anxiety, your depression, your feelings of irritability, your emotional, emotional irritability will actually get worse. You may feel better initially when you start to control, but as you start to lose control and try and manage that and get more isolated and more disconnected, that's a social relational consequence, you're going to find yourself feeling worse. The eating disorder solution backfires. It does not work. It will never resolve the problem of painful self-experience. And there are spiritual consequences, I believe. All of life is spiritual. I, I don't think we exist in a vacuum. I think we are spiritual beings. We have a, a body, we have a soul, we have a spirit, we have mind, we have will, we have emotions. And the spiritual dimension, you know, it's a kind of like a psycho-spiritual dimension, but it really speaks to me of those things that are deeper 
then we can perhaps locate in our physical world at times, although we can measure them. We can measure neural activity of um, our emotions, where, whereas we can't necessarily anatomically place where our emotional experience is. And that deeper self-experience, we experience it, we experience it in our bodies. But I think we are hard-pressed to find an anatomical um, you know, system that represents that well. Because it, 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 we are whole persons, we are whole human beings and I think this, like many problems, like most problems, affects the whole person and needs a holistic solution. So the spiritual dimension I'm speaking about there is as you go round and round this cycle, you give away your power. You give away your power to something else to tell you whether or not you are making the grade. Physically, you are not going to be able to stay in control. And as you buy into the lie that your worth and value depends on your ability to control calories and kilograms, you are going to find yourself bowing the knee to a lie that says you're not good enough. And the more you buy into that lie, the stronger it becomes. And the fear that drives that lie and the guilt associated with um, missing the mark and the accusation in your head, which I've talked about a little bit as, you know, those voices... Um, there's a lot to say, obviously, on all these domains, but spiritually you come to feel more out of control. You actually get to a space where you are behaving in ways you do not want to behave. You are actually doing things that you rationally know and do not want to be doing. When I was at the height of my anorexia, I was starving my body. I knew that my behavior was killing me, but I, I felt like I could not control the fear that was driving me down the scales. And I tell you what, you know, as I said in another video, fear is in our thinking, it is in our emotions, but I also believe it is a spiritual force. Just like love, love is in our thinking. We can have thoughts that are loving. We can have feelings that are loving. But there's something more tangible than just thoughts and feelings, isn't there? There's something that is more, you know, sometimes you feel, you feel, I don't think you ever feel compelled by love, although you might experience that. I think you usually feel drawn by love to do things that are loving. It's like you're drawn. And it's, again, I think we'd be hard-pressed to just tie it down to just thinking and just feeling. It is in the body. It's in the thinking. It's in the emotions. But I think it's bigger than that because we are bigger than that. We are spirit in bodies. We have mind, real emotions. And um, that's very much, you know, that's, that's somewhere I come from both my experience but also my, uh, my faith but also my, even as a health professional, I see all those dimensions at play and I feel like we, we shortchange ourselves when we don't bring all those dimensions into the healing arena. And the healing arena, there's a lot of dimensions that I would call natural but also spiritual things that are connection things about connection that are both natural but there's also something deeper that can happen that can really bring nurture into the very roots of our being into the roots of our being the warp and weft of the way we are there can there's things that are natural and spiritual that can bring healing to very deep places in our heart and our heart, when I talk about that, I'm talking about the core part of us, not just the physical pump that pumps blood all around our body, but that the heart of us, 
the very core of us, which I don't think is just a, a flesh thing. I think it's a spiritual thing. You know, the more we go on in science, the more we see how connected we all are. And, um, you know, you can talk about energy. I talk about God. God is light, indescribable light. Um, yeah, so anyway, I'm getting a bit sidetracked. But, but the quality that really drives out fear, and it's both a natural quality, you can experience it in human relationships, and it will bring, it will be healing. But it will be helpful, and it will, be, it will bring healing. But in my experience, there's a deeper level of relationship and security and safety that brings a profound level of healing. And for me, that has been in a relationship with the God who is love. Now, I haven't got time in this particular YouTube to go into this, but I will. I'm going to come back and I'll do a story, just let you in on my recovery journey. That might help you have a bit more of a sense of some of where I come from. Um, but you know, the God I didn't know in my anorexia was not a God of love. He was someone I feared and I felt like if I didn't do the right thing, he would punish me and I would, you know, there was disaster. And you know what? The eating disorder solution, the anorectic solution, the restricting food solution, the starvation solution, it affects our brains and it does buy into that whole black and white, good and bad dichotomy. And it does set God up, the God in our head, not the God that I know as being real now, not in my anorexia. It sets that God up as someone who's going to absolutely punish us if we don't get everything right. So we, have, we are driven by fear. And in my view and my experience, that fear grows to be more than just in my mind and just in my emotions. It's there. But it's beyond that. It's, um, it's, a, it's a spiritual force that is actually at the bottom of the scales was driving me to behave in ways I literally and absolutely did not want to... I was driven by fear. And the thing that broke the power of that fear, and you've got to know this, there's hope. You, you're not hopeless. You're not stuck in that place. It's love. It is love and light, light breaking into darkness and truth breaking into where we've bought into a lie and love, human love, divine love breaking in to those arenas where we have just been running, driven by fear. And there's more to say here. I'm going to come back in just a moment for part two because I'm talking about support and um, I'll get, I'll sort of sum it all up. But let me just keep going while I'm on a roll. Okay.